Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey everybody, and welcome to Ask Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, the engineer. With me, Mr. Lady Ada on camera control, running the show behind the scenes. We've got an exciting show for you tonight. Next hour is all about making, crafting, hacking, videoing, lighting stuff up, tearing stuff down, making things better, and more. We've got discounts, videos, nudes, <laughs> not the kind of nudes you're thinking of. Why don't you tell them what's on tonight's show, and we'll get right into it. All right, on tonight's show, the code is swirly, 10% off in the Adafruit store, all the way up to 11.59 p.m. You also get free stuff. Lady will talk about that. Just did some live shows, including Show & Tell. We'll talk about that, and also Desk of Lady Ada and the Great Search. Got JP's Product Pick of the Week, and we also have a little bit of a sneak preview of something JP's working on for JP's Workshop. We have a job in our jobs board that's a remote job, so I thought I would show this because some of the folks in our community are looking for some remote gigs. We have a fun opening for our Adafruit I.O. services, including Whippersnapper. We have some retro tech, which is really neat. Um, it's a two-parter. Uh, some of you have seen some of the videos we've been posting on social media. We have an ancient new DOS laptop. What is this? Going to do some advanced manufacturing here in main New York City. Our fun time lapses and videos we take at the Adafruit factory. We have a 3D printing speed up. We have a top secret with some fun hacks and mods that we're doing, including an update to my little hacker hacking our kids' toys. And we're showing you how to do it too. We got some new products. We're going to answer your questions. We do that over on Discord, Adafruit.it slash Discord. We can join tens of thousands of us. You can ask your questions during the show and also at the end. That's when we answer most of them. All that and more tonight on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. Dun, dun. Okay, so uh, first up, Code Swirly. You get free stuff. Uh, I put them in the right order this time. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Love it for us. Okay, so first up, we've got the $99 freebie, Proto half-sized breadboard. Um, uh, 149 or more, you get the KB2040, RP2040 based. My controller, it's a Pro Micro pinout, great for keyboards or other things in Gothi Adafruit Black. $199 or more, free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States. And back, we have them in stock. The Circuit Playground Express is our favorite development board that has LEDs and buttons, a little speaker and a microphone, an IR LED transmission receiving. Wow. It's all there. It's solderless, and it's great to learn programming in Arduino, code.org, CS Discoveries, MicroPython, CircuitPython, um, or even MakeCode. So many options. Um, so all of our four freebies are available when you buy stuff from Adafruit.com. All right. Um, we do a bunch of live shows, and then on uh, Sunday, we did from the desk of Lady Ada. Uh, we did a little bit of a preview for this. We got the uh, McDonald's Chicken McNugget Tetris. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and beep, the, beep. yeah, and the uh, DOS laptop. We'll go into yeah. the DOS laptop in the retro section. But what did you uh, talk about? And what did you do, Desk Lady Ada Part One this week? Well, first part is yeah, we have a long one because we want we want to show all this teardown. Yeah, stuff. we didn't see any live teardowns of the. Um, <laughs> uh, Tetris we, McNugget. Yeah, it's the. 40th anniversary, 40 or 30th anniversary, and uh, this was it's from almost the 40th anniversary of Tetris too. China, yeah, is where you could get it from, and so we uh, we took it apart. And we showed you how it works. I mean, it's a big nugget. So yeah, it's um, you know we got this uh, very inexpensive toy. It's I, I don't know if you came with a Happy Meal or you could buy it and it whatever it came with a nugget box, which I totally tore open incorrectly. Yeah. Um, so it looks like a, you know a chicken McNugget. We can hide us. So you can see there's the buttons. Uh, there's left, right, and then there's down, and then there's like fast down. There's 
uh, pause, power, speaker on off, and then the um, big button is for rotate. So uh, you can play Tetris on it. It's like a licensed version of Tetris. That's all cool. Yeah. Um, I always so once in a while, you know, we're walking around, we're talking about electronics, we're talking about running Adafruit, and we come up with like ideas and stuff like that. Like one time, we're like, oh, uh, we had a word game. We're like, oh, how many how many different variations are the word parlor? Yeah. And we oh, like there's like pizza parlor, and there's like funeral parlor, and it's ice cream parlor, and then um, one of them was uh, fictional books that uh are books inside of movies that aren't real yeah or just books inside of other fiction things we so you know there's like the never ending story inside there that that book and then there's a lot of neat movies but then there's other ones where it's like wouldn't it be great to collect all the logos of restaurants that have the animal itself trying to sell you to get in like there's always like a a pig that's like come on into the pig place or like chicken so there's gotta be you know where am i going with this there's gotta be a um collection that someone is keeping track of video game consoles that are shaped like food oh, there's totally. got to be right yeah there's got to be other 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 but it has to be a standalone video game that looks like food okay so this is at least one of them there's other ones i'm sure there was ones from banana the the little like one-off ones from the the 80s when like nintendo was doing the little yeah. handouts like little donkey kong and stuff like that yeah. there's got to be other ones that are full-on um you could eat it Okay. Anyways, um, McNugget yeah. Tetris. We took it apart yeah. and uh, showed like it had a cool zebra elastomer. Um, so that was kind of what, you yeah. know, what we chatted about. We showed this. Um, this is a you know post futuristic DOS laptop. This went viral like a month ago, and I couldn't help myself, so I I picked one up. It has an eighty eighty eight, which is the eight bit version of the eighty eighty six. I thought they were co processors, but actually the eighty eighty eight is its own thing. It's got eight bit. 8080 bus, not a 16-bit, 8086, and um, were designed in uh, Haifa as part of a partnership between um, Intel and their new Israeli office. That's cool. interesting. I learned about the history. Um, so this is a laptop. It's kind of like a side project from someone. They used a laptop keyboard, and maybe it's an off-the-shelf laptop case, or maybe it's injection molded. I don't know. Um, it's got like the I support on the back so you can like plug in stuff. It's got compact flash. Oh yeah, we're gonna Which by the way is section. it uses an 8080 um bus. It's an 8-bit bus, so it's a compact flash is actually kind of perfect because it it mimics the same interfaces uh old disk drives. It's got a USB, I've got it showed a USB port, there's a USB key plugged in, but it's only a USB host. Um for sorry, it's a USB host, but it's only for mass storage. So it's, you can like use it to transfer files easier because there's no disk drive. Um, although I tried a USB disk drive, it didn't work either. It's kind of a bummer. And then um, it was into DOS, has some games plugged in already. I tried Tetris because I was all a Tetris kick. Um, and there's also, you know, apparently you can like change the backlight color. But it's like, it's using all these old stock chips from like the 90s. I checked the day codes. Uh, they're the real thing. It's very cool. Um, definitely like weird, weird future past. Retro future? Very retro future. I think the type of thing like a time traveler needs to like fixed a nuclear reactor and there's no more dos computers have to go back in time or something yeah one thing is like it's like okay so like doom i think you need a 386 to run but windows i didn't really windows 3.1 ran on 8088 like it was you know it ran as a dos program but you could it's installed on it so i ran it and i was like oh wow you could i'm just gonna go back to this for a second okay, there's fun. gotta be a burger time handheld from the 80s where it's like in the shape it's of a burger right yeah there's yeah yeah because be. there was all these like phone remember touch tone phones were in every shape burger phone. there's gotta be a little like 
Yeah, anyways. Okay, um, we also do the great search with DigiKey, where Lady Ada uses her power of engineering to help you find things on DigiKey.com. What were you looking for this week? Big nuggets. No. Yep. Um, I was looking for, well, you know, took it apart, and of course the main chip processor is like some ROM blob because they made literally a half million of these. Um, so instead of, uh, you know, trying to decapsulate or whatever, um, I looked for the piezo speaker so the the Tetris game plays a little Tetris da 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 da, da, da in the background uh, and it uses a piezo speaker so I wanted to um, show how you can get very low cost sound effects out of your design a lot of like multimeters use piezo discs video games alarm clocks etc use piezo discs previously on a great search we had done magnetic buzzers so talk about the difference between the two and how you would drive them they're not they're not driven the same way and they don't have the same um, loudness or resonance or size or uh, material processing techniques. You use one or the other. I put in the chat, the Burger Time handheld from like 1980 something is not burger shaped. Missed opportunity. Really should have been huh? Darn. Okay. Uh, on Tuesdays, we do JP's product pick of the week. That's where we have a live discount code. You don't have to enter anything. It's just whatever product JP showing off here is this week's highlight. The ANO rotary encoder breakout board with Stemma QT running to a Cutie Pie, and then that's off to USB. What I have it doing is sending USB HID key shortcuts, which can be used to uh, work with my editor. I can do some scrolling through as I try to find that exact point where I want to make an edit. Let's say uh, I can press the center to play. I can left click multiple times to go uh, fast reverse. I can go fast forward like so. Uh, if I find a spot that I want to place an edit, let's say I want to set the in point here, I'm just pressing up on my nav wheel and scroll over here and press down to get the out point. It is the ANO rotary navigation encoder with I square C over Stemma QT. And don't forget, on Thursdays, you can watch JP's workshop. Um, here's a little bit of a preview. This is a game controller that um, we modded. It was a roulette thing, but now it's going to just click things. Okay, then on Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Sorry, 5 p.m. Eastern, there's a deep dives with Tim. Uh, we've got a job from the job store I want to show. So if you want to check out the latest job opening data, for, we're, we're reopening our jobs board for the world. Um, we just had to uh, take down a WordPress site that uh, was just becoming too hard to maintain um, with all the different things it was doing. And so you just have it manually. Another, yeah. So now, um, now it's just we have an easier way to get these up. So this is uh, from our jobs board. So oh, interesting. Ooh. Why? Let me. Uh, That's behind the scene. You can't show people behind the curtain. Yeah. So sorry, everybody. There's uh, a weird thing with our screen sharing. I could fix it though, and I can usually fix it like on the fly. Let's uh, let's go back to this. Okay. Here we go. 
Yeah, sorry about that. Happens once in a while. Um, so if you go to adafruit.com slash careers, you can see some of the openings we have. But the newest one, and this is uh, the only remote one we have at the moment, um, you can see this. It is embedded systems development. You can see it right here. Um, if you want to read about this, this is uh, with Adafruit.io. It's all the things that we do with uh, Whippersnapper and more. We're looking for um, library work. Uh, we want to adapt the Arduino libraries to have them work with our um, low-code, no-code platform. So if this is something that you'd want to do, check it out. We have uh, all the things that we're looking for. The rate, you can be remote. Please, please, please uh, check it out if you want to join the team and do some cool stuff. Uh, this is how we meet a lot of people. OK, uh, let's go to some retro. Okay, the first part of RetroTech this week, we're going to show the little like one minute video of the DOS computer, and then we'll we'll step through and, and Lady Ada can tell you about some of the interesting pieces. How Lady Ada was this? This is a laptop with an 8088-8086 processor inside. It takes about a minute to boot, so let's let it boot while we take a look what's going on here. So we've got like a 800 by 480 display here. It's an active TFT. Uh, although it's a little dim, there's a hack for updating it for brightness. You can say, hi, it's yes. Um, I got the version with the OPL3 Yamaha chip, so I'll find some software that uses um, this cool like sound card. Over here, uh, there's a slot for an 8087 uh, floating point unit. Um, and then um, there's a USB port. The USB port goes through a CH347 uh, USB to 8080 um, parallel interface. So this has a 512 megabyte SD card. Um, and that does actually show up on the disk drive. So I was able to transfer some files over. And uh, yeah, I've got like a little running DOS machine. It's really cute. Okay. So we took some really nice photos. Uh, you can see the kind of translucent um, front. And then um, these are those, you know, older components that you're talking about. Yeah, it's just like, um, I don't remember what all these are, but like some of them are, like the 8087 is an FPU that you can get. And then over here, there's this like Yamaha OPL. I guess this is a soundboard, I'm assuming, or like it has little musical notes. So it's like an audio or MIDI, MIDI generator. Um, by default, it just beeps, right? It doesn't have like any way to make musical tones. So um, yeah, interesting stuff. You can see the keyboard, obviously, the modern keyboard has like the Windows logo on it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, here's the bottom. This is where I think. Yeah, this is like the graphical system. And it has some text. I can't, you know, call off the top of my head, but it's like the. VGA generator, and I think like the clock, the RTC, all that stuff um, is uh, is on the bottom there. And then there's a uh, big battery on the right, the lower right, that's a four amp hour lithium battery. And this thing, it's not meant to run on a battery. So that at four amp hour battery is, is pretty chunky. It doesn't, I think it runs for like a half an hour. Yeah, here it is. Close book 8088. And then... Uh... We decided to toss it on here to um, show off. It's, it's cool. It's very sharp, square glory. Yeah. All right. And that is uh, Rich for this week. All right. Python on hardware time. This week's going to be a little bit different because. Um, you know, first up, uh, you can check the newsletter 
and see what we have. Last week, we did kind of the breaking news recap of the Bluetooth Arise for the Pico W. Um, we'll see how long it's going to take for us to do some stuff with uh, CircuitPython with that. Um, and you can go through and check out all the news stories, testing the performance of SPI-based LCD displays and display on CircuitPython, all of the news around the web, all of the interviews, all of the videos, all of the things that make this giant community go. But uh, Adafruit was in the latest Hackspace magazine. And Yay. yeah, and I'll get to um, what was in there in just a moment um, because there was also some things about 3D printing. And I've had this on my list to talk about a little bit of 3D printing and open source. So I'm going to do a twofer. Um, so what we were in, if you, uh, you can download Hackspace, you could subscribe, a couple things. Uh, the Feather RP2040 Parfum 95 Laura was featured in there. Um, I think it got either like a 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10. Got a 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Perfect. Yeah. And so this, you know, of course, runs CircuitPython. Um, and then we also got a 10 out of 10 for um, the other stuff that we're And... There's, kinda... there's two versions, the LoRa and the RFM, I think. I guess yeah. the LoRa... Yeah, the LoRa got 10 out of 10, or maybe got... Um... Yeah, no, no, until we got 10 out of 10. Oh, no, sorry, that's the Witty Pie. Yeah. So I don't I'm know. Thinking. We got one, either maybe, 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10. Maybe if they reviewed each one of them, because yeah. they look very similar. Yeah. One is, yeah. Anyways, high praise. So um, thank you. Um, and this is one of the things that, of course, I saw on hardware ones. But what I want to talk about this week is since on the cover was... 3D printing, Prusa. Um, here's the video that just came out, and I was tagged on this. This is um, from Tom's 3D, and uh, if you look really close, this kind of this video is kind of funny. So the title of the video is "Open Source Isn't Sustainable Anymore," and uh, is, he's in he's in a church with an open source hardware logo. Okay. Uh, which, by the way, nice logo. It's based on <laughs> yeah. So I did the there's a logo that I designed that was got turned into the OSI logo. This this one. And then someone made an open source hardware logo down the road. So when I see this, I'm like, oh yeah. Um, but anyways, the 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 thing that's happening right now, because this has happened multiple times, I feel like we're in the, like the fifth iteration of the matrix. Is every few years a 3D printing company is like, I don't like this or that, so therefore it's open source. So all these open source printing folks are blaming open source on things. They're saying, oh, there's clones. We don't want to do open source anymore. It's funny, like, what is it? What happened recently that makes it unsustainable? Like, why was it sustainable yeah. until this year? So, the the where this is coming from too is um, the the Prusa folks. Tons of open source hardware known for doing open source. I think Prusa has a tattoo of like the open source logo. Well, you don't know, make maybe and, up. Yeah, with a sick ass yeah. panther. <laughs> And the uh, the article that came out was the state of open source uh, 3D printing in 2023. And basically, you could go and read the article, but you have to find it in there because this is this is the the thing. They're not releasing the files, so they're not they're not doing open source hardware right now, and that's fine. Please don't. If you don't like it, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, and they want to have a discussion with uh, YouTube personalities, journalists, other 3D printing and open source hardware companies. Um, they want to talk to folks. I actually disagree. I don't think they do want to talk to folks because I emailed them. No, they don't. No, they don't. Um, we're, we have the most certified open source hardware. Are you we, you, are we YouTube, YouTube personalities though? Yeah, I think we check all the boxes. I am not worried. This but, is but we have a very different opinion, which is it's not open source that's messing up your business. It's not. 
there's other things like people coming in and innovating and making lower cost things with more features. Um, so again, this is a repeat of things that's happened in the past. So I'm just going to send a link to this segment. Just repeat, but it rhymes. Yeah, repeats. So, it is a little so my, my thing, though, is and what I sent to the Prusa folks is, hey, look, cool, don't do open source, whatever. But if you're not going to do open source on the page right now, open, uh, sorry, original Prusa MK4 3D printer, when you when you look at the, the product page, it says open source. And it's open source hardware. Well, yeah, I mean, like, what does that mean? Okay. And so you should explain what that so means. Slicer was based on something and they forked it. And now it's like Prusa Slicer. There, the rep wrap was open source, and other people built on it. And I, I just noticed this arrival. It's like, oh, we have a business now, and now we don't want to do open source. I think, I think. Look, I don't know the detail. I'm not a, I'm not a YouTube personality, but I think technically we are. I think that what happens, and this happens, this seems to happen a lot. Again, I'm not privy to the internals of their company, so I could be totally wrong. But I think everything is totally hunky-dory, love open source, love open source hardware. When things are going up, 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 we're like borrowing from these designs, we're licensing, you know, we use a license and everything's cool and it's all working out. Um, and we're using this slicer coder, we're like this motor driver and everything is cool and you love open source. And then you start to see drops in revenue. And then when you see a drop in revenue, and I know what this is like, you get a little freaky because you're like, ah, like I'm something, I'm losing something. And I think the first thing to go is like, well, I'm, you know, you're looking at who is ripping you off or cloning or borrowing or whatever. And you, it all gets mixed up together and you get angry because you're like, I'm doing all this work and all of y'all are just like, you're not contributing at all. And this happened with um, Chris Anderson. This happened yeah. with- Yeah, I might've got the, I, I might've got the, Wrong printer, but anyways, they're not opening source. This the the if I got the printer wrong, um, it's it's the it might be the XL, but anyways, okay. they're not opening sourcing it. They want a new type of license. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean this. I mean I remember this came up, and they're like, there's some other board, and somebody was like, you didn't release this board. I I don't know the details. I, I will say I don't know the details. I do not keep track of three D printing, but I think that this it comes when there's like a little there's there's a point in the business where you get really frustrated because somebody is undercutting you. Um, they're taking your work, they're cloning it and they're not contributing. And it totally sucks. Like, I don't want to, I'm absolutely not going to say it doesn't suck and like, oh, get thicker skin. It absolutely yeah. blows. And in some way, people's reaction is to close and that, and that's fine. I actually don't like, yeah. I remember like this happened with MakerBot and like, B was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to close source. And I was like, cool. Like, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go through. So, anyways, if if I got the page wrong, the, the thing that I've seen happen is um, the you the word open source is still used over and over after companies say, "Oh, we don't want to do open source anymore because of cloners." Oh, we don't want to do this, and it's kind of the same story. And they're like, "There's no protection." It's like, well, there's trademarks, there's patents, there's copyright. Um, there's no such thing as a permanent monopoly on things. You have to continue to do easier to use, lower cost, better quality, more feature things. So. Um, uh, Thea, uh, who's on the Python she's, Foundation board, and then also on the, also on the open, source uh, open Source Hardware board, board wrote a really good article. And um, I sent a note. I'm like, hey, I emailed Prusa because I, I assume they'd want to talk to us because they said they want to talk to people doing Open Source Hardware. Again, I actually don't think they do. I think they're like, oh, we just come on, everybody. Let's discuss if it's anybody who disagrees with what the article is, which is like, we, we want to have a new license. 
Um, the thing that's hard to to nail down when people say that is like, what would this license actually protect that already isn't out there? Like a patent, trademark, copyright. But here's the thing. Hardware isn't actually protectable anyways. Yeah. Like the licenses so, mean nothing. So it's only your intent. And yeah. for, you know, 50 bucks, I can send any PCB to a reverse engineering board house and say, I want you to like desolder all the components and give me the schematic. And a week later, they send you the schematic. Like this is a very common thing that people yeah. do. And it doesn't matter whether I have and the official schematic. Or the other thing they, is, they like they could start filing off the chain yeah. names, but that's kind of weird. And the other thing, it kind of turns into a Twitter fight and there's sock puppet accounts. People are dunking on each other. Um, you know, there's people who don't think we do open source hardware. They're like, oh, like Lady Ada uses Windows. Or she took an elevator that has closed source firmware. Like this is real emails that we've received. Um, and so now to give Arduino credit, they used to have um, on their getting started, what is Arduino? They used to say all boards are completely open source, empowering users to build them independently, eventually adapt them to their particular needs. The software too is open source and it's growing through the uh, contributions of users worldwide okay they removed that because no. they don't do open source hardware and open source software for everything they do correct that's the right way to do it they recently Yay. also got funding so i feel like and that was my suggestion to Bruce is just like just be clear what's open source and not if you don't want to have open source there's this weird like let's come up with a mythical license because we kind of had to live through people making up lots of different types of license like oh like it'll be open source after we meet our kickstarter goals it'll be open source after we're profitable it'll be open source after five years like no if you don't want to do open source don't do open source keep it closed and open later um and the whole will be open sourced always is a little yeah and like we're gonna get eventually someone's gonna tag us on this i'm just gonna send this video it's like please don't call it open source it's a little annoying and weird when you continue to call something open source after you've already decided yeah you don't want to do it um but here is kind of a fun uh little travel back in history here here is a quote from you lamore Adafruit founder Lamar Freed doesn't find much value in arguing about who is right in the Clone Wars. Oh, really? There's debate about open source hardware. I'm going to keep shipping open source hardware while you all argue about it. Wait, what's the title of this article? Well, let's see what year it is. Do 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 do. Oh, August twenty fourth, twenty twelve. Like over ten years ago. Ten years ago. Ten years ago. And the title of the article is "Can Open Source Hardware Companies Survive Clones?" And it's about so. This Maker is bot yeah. Printer. So this is the same exact story. Some of the actors have changed. Uh, you know, keep doing Spider-Man movies over and over. Um, but I wanted to just do this one little like, hey, you know, we we understand this. We're not going to get in a Twitter fight and try. I to totally do know. I yeah. by the way, I don't know, and I don't care, and it doesn't matter, and I'm not. And by the way, this is why I don't make 3D printers. This is absolutely not my interest. Yeah. Um, go to town, everybody. But here. And and I and I sympathize with every party, you know, like, and and I even sympathize with people I like guess, um, Naomi who are like, hey, I tried, but none of y'all care. Yeah, like everyone hates Behringer, but you keep buying so, Behringer. I, I guess so. Yeah. To, to summarize my my gripe, because I do have a gripe about this, is okay. You all don't want to do open source hardware anymore. You want to do closer. It's great. Don't blame open source though. You're blaming like these these like clickbait titles open source isn't sustainable anymore yeah it is maybe not for you maybe you don't want to do it but don't don't throw open source under the bus that's not the problem specifically because this keeps coming out with person that's open source is not 
Prusa's problem. It's not the problem. In fact, they got here with open source. What are they going to do? Like rewrite every bit of open source software because they don't believe in open source anymore? Of course not. Of course not. So anyways, that's the twofer for this week. Well, uh, speaking of open source hardware, Lady Ada, um, and also every week, guys. every week, every week on the show, we're like, we're gonna, we're committed to doing open source. One thing you don't have to worry about Adafruit. We're not gonna rug pull and be like, you know, guys, there was a chip shortage and things are tough now, and there's someone who's making something that looks like our thing. We don't like that. Uh, we don't do that. So. I mean, for a slightly different reason, and 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 I don't know. I mean, like it's working out. Um, it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. I would, yes. I would, I, but I would say that your business and your product and whether it's open source, they're kind of orthogonal things. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I hope I never go. I mean, I hope I never go close source because I, I, I have this sixteen-year-old me that I'm constantly like talking to, and she wants to do open source hardware. So yeah, we're gonna do open source forever. The end. Um. All right. What's the guides this week? Guides this week. All right. So we've got an update for the Pico DVI um, Arduino library. Uh, you can now read from the flash memory, and you might even be able to write the flash memory. Uh, by pausing and restarting the DVI, uh, the Pico DVI core, uh, Philby worked on it and did like all sorts of like stuff in RAM because uh, the RP2040 is weird in that you can store data and run your program from the same chip. And so it can get kind of funky um, if you're doing stuff in interrupts or stuff that's using the PIOs or overclocking or whatnot. Anyways, you got it kind of working. Check it out if you want to um, play stuff from and uh, internal memory while also displaying to DVI output. We've also got an update to the ESP32 S2 Feather Guide. This product got maxified. Uh, the LC709203 um, Live Poly monitor that we used to use got discontinued. We've revised all of our boards to use the Max17048. This guide is now updated and has new code to walk you out. Thank you, Liz and Katni, for collaborating. Katni wrote a guide. Uh, I think two weeks ago's new product, the I2S Amplifier BFF, uh, easy way to add high quality audio to a little project, uh, works with the RP2040, the ESP32 series, all of them, and the NR52840. So um, just plug it on the back and plug in a speaker and uh, Bob, your uncle. Eva did a cool project um, called the Laura Signal Bridge with, it's using that 10 out of 10 RFM, um, 9X RP2040 Feather, so it's all in one design, so you don't need to do any soldering. And this is kind of neat. There's CircuitPython um, running on the feathers, and they can communicate from large distances. So you, you know, like, I always had a dream when I was a kid of having, like, a walkie-talkie and my friend, like, a couple blocks away would have one we could talk at night. Now there's cell phones, but at the time it was, like, we could send messages. Now you can do it using Signal, so you can um, have uh, data going over a non-internet for um, wireless data transfer over many miles. It's an interesting project though, because it uses feathers as a gateway, but you're sending messages through a computer and it's like um, using a little Python program and it's, it sends your data to and from Signal for you. So it's a point to point link. Um, I thought it'd be cool. She's kind of interested in like off the grid networks. Um, Eva does some cool hacking stuff. We also have a new guide. Oh, can you scroll? Scroll one thing down. One chunk. One chunk. We have a new guide for that last week's uh, product, the RP2040 Prop Maker. So cool. It's got all this stuff stuffed into it. Um, NeoPixel driving, accelerometer, I2S amplifier, servos, um, power control, terminal blocks for plug and play. Um, Liz did an amazing job going through this board and, and have his code example in Arduino and CircuitPython. 
um, to get you started. And then Trevor, who is our iOS dev, um, has been learning and experimenting with CircuitPython and PyLeap, the app that uses Wi-Fi or Bluetooth to wirelessly code your devices. And he made uh, a TFT digital clock featuring his favorite character, Blanca. Oh, also, uh, sorry, we've got the PlayStation Spinner yeah. from Jump Park. A lot, of, a lot of guys this week. A lot of guys. We Jump Park the did the Spinner. So it's just like it's like how to interface with uh, PlayStation controllers. Um, you can uh, cut in half a PlayStation extension cord, which are still made. Um, so you don't have to modify the controller itself. You just plug it in and you can interface with it. Um, and you just get the, get the Spinner working with this PS2 library. And... Um, Aaron did an amazing jellyfish umbrella project. Uh, yeah. I, love, I love umbrella projects. Uh, they're great because they're self-waterproofing and they look cool and you have to come with a handle. Yeah. Uh, so you used uh, WLED with this. You can see some of it here. And the full video is on our YouTube channel. This is the YouTube short TikTok, you know, short version that you can check out. People are having a good time there. That's cool. All right, let's uh, do some factory footage. finish for the week. Let's do some 3D printing. All right, this week we uh, have a speed up. Let's go. We're gonna go off to new products. Good swirly, Lady Anna. Yes. Take it away. 
new 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 all right um let's kick it off okay uh, first up first up we've got um you know it's like uh led strips these are a non-addressable led strips you see that mosfetti in the background that's an rgb led driver this is um an led strip that has analog leds in it so not a neopixel you've got four wires that's plus 12 volts uh green ground red ground blue ground um, if you go back, you'll see the whole strip changes color all at once. Um, it's going to be less expensive than NeoPixels. And also a lot of people have ready to go 12 volt LED drivers like built into architectural or home or automotive stuff. And so for those uses, uh, this LED strip, LED strip is handy because you don't need a separate controller, no microcontroller required. Um, however, one thing to note is that this is a side light LED strip. So the light comes out the edge not out the front we have a separate one that has the light that comes out the front um but for some people like they want to have especially if you want to curve it around um an unusual rounded shape um this is going to do a much better job because you can of course uh edge you can attach this to the edge of some wood or laminate or metal and um, the light will come out in a nice uh, thin strip so analog rgb led strip that's right angle output Next up, dental tools. No, just kidding. Now these are well. I saw this. Um, somebody tweeted about this, and I was like, "Oh, these are really these good are handy." Idea. So whenever we, you're, we've you know, all needed these multiple times in our lives. Yeah, it's kind of a cross between an Allen wrench and um, a normal a normal driver. So you get pH one, pH two, pH three, and like I think you know six by 0.5 millimeter um, flathead. You know, the kit actually came with more, and I was like, only these two were really useful. Yeah. So. We're stocking these. Um, they're hard steel and they're magnetic tip. Um, and I'll show them the scale so you can see on the overhead. Okay. So we'll add it. We added a demo, but it came in afterwards. Yeah. Um, so what's nice about these is that if you are uh, working on something where you have to get into like, you know, an unusual gap, there's and you don't want to take apart the whole thing, like you've done that, you're like, oh, no, I forgot one thing. I don't want to take apart the whole uh robot or whatever you can get in there and you can wrench it on one thing to note obviously th these are not hex wrenches and, and hex slash allen wrenches are designed for torque from the side whereas um flathead might not be too bad but especially um phillips is not going to be amazingly good at getting torque coming from the side you have to really press this in um so you don't strip the head of the screw so it's not for high torque situations but it could be good if you just want to get something kind of finger tight. Um, this would work uh, fairly well. So I like these. They do look like dental tools, but um, I like you can get it, you know, and I think I, I wrote in the text description, I think it's a little bit more than a half an inch of clearance. Um, you can get in there and open up a screw. It's kind of nice. It's got magnetic tips and a knurled um, grip. Okay, next up, we got big nudes. Um, by request, uh, people are like, hey, can you carry the 600 and one meter version of these nudes? So we do. We have the 1.2 meter and the, I think this is the, that's the 1.2 meter. Yeah. But it looks the same. It's got the edge. I'll show these on the overhead. Yeah. Maybe that's the 0.6 and then yet to go to yeah, this yeah. one. So we got this one. And then 0.6. This one. 1.2 meters, which is really long. Yeah. Um, and keep going. Show how long it's long. Between the two. It's yeah. like 48 inches long. Yeah. And yeah, let me go to. See, here's another way to look at it too. 
quarter. 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 Okay, so this is hold on. I keep wrong plug. Okay, so let's go to the overhead. That's right. Yeah, I mean it's just for illumination. Oh, it's illumination. Yeah. So one thing that's nice about these is that um even though they're single sided, the light does kind of come out the other side uh kind of nicely. And um you do see the little dots in person. Um, but they're pretty smooth, and I think um, you know, from more than a couple inches away, it'll it'll look like just one long strand of light. The trade-offs of having um, such long strips, 0.6 and 1.2 meters, is that you need a higher voltage for these. I tried to get them to make them for me in a uh, lower voltage, but they were kind of like, no, you can't do that. So the 0.6 needs 12 volts, and the 1.2 meter needs. Um, 24 volts it's quite a bit i'll say that even though i have this just plugged in here right into like this is my uh 12 volt power supply it gets very hot i would put a resistor in to try to current limit these to a half an amp each um what you know half an amp through 12 volts or half an amp you know so six watts or half an amp through about 24 volts um which ends up being like you know 20 it's a lot but 11.5 volts for the 12 and like 22 volts for the 24. So just basically put a little resistance in there so you're not driving it directly, especially since, um, you know, your 12 volt supply might give you a little bit more than 12 volts. Otherwise, they do get a little bit warm. Um, I mean, I don't think they're going to get self-damaged, but uh, they are toasty. So they're expecting either constant current control, maybe add a little bit of resistance in there just to, to slow it down. Uh, and of course, you can PWM dim them. That'll also work very well. Uh, you'll just need a... a 12 or 24 volt power supply we do have in the shop um, adjustable power supplies that go up to 24 and uh we have a this is actually a usb power supply so it's usb on the other side um yeah you can get either usb c or usb type a pick that up and i'm gonna put us on here can you pick it up and hold it up to, to uh, oh yeah to see what happens here it's so bright yeah it's neat yeah i mean it's meant for light i mean it should be it's illuminative not like super bright you're not gonna um, yeah, can, light up it's yeah. like a spotlight it's neat because it's making some of the green screen come through okay, a little cool. halo that'd be cool it's a neat but... effect it looks good yeah wing light yeah wonder woman's jump rope jump yeah yeah the long one especially the, the, the jump rope of truth okay okay so uh big nudes yeah big All news right. for big news okay uh stars of show we have two products for that this week okay please First one is a swirly grid. Um, this is something that Scott and Jepler kind of were um, chit-chatting about. Uh, Jepler designed the um, open SCAD version that was 3D printed, and then Scott came in and was like, ooh, you know, this could be made out of PCB material. and Or maybe I said, I don't know, and he, he made it in KiCad or KiCad. Um, and I posted in the product link, you can see the script. If you want to generate your own and manufacture them, go, go to town. This is an aluminum-backed PCB, and it's got this grid on point two inch spacing and each hole is um point sorry it's point two inch spacing between things and the holes themselves are a little bit more than um point one inch in diameter so the, the uh, uh dashes are like point one one inch and the holes are um point one inch diameter and by having this like it, instead of just having uh like pegboard dots it means that you can handle you know components that aren't exactly on um 0.2 inch gridding because 
our feathers, for example, are 0.9 by two inches. And a lot of our stomach boards are 0.7 by um, one inch. So you see it's like they're on a 0.1 inch grid, but they're not on a, on a 0.2 inch grid. Or maybe you have other dev boards that you want to uh, plug in. So what's nice is that um, because you can slide the components around, there's always going to be some place that you can um, connect the components. The only thing is, I don't. That demo is still at the office. Right? Yeah. Um, and also, there's numbers because you can, you know, specify where to yeah. a specific product. Do you want to just hold that underneath the overhead real fast? Yeah, I can hold it. I yeah, can just also, do that. I can also go and there grab. No, I mean, you can see like, yeah, I mean, you know, if you wanted to mount this. Yeah. Um, you could find like, okay, maybe like this hole and that hole would match or like this, this hole. And so you would, you would go for these two slots. And so you could mount could it cool, that way. Like cyber deck thing with all this. Too. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of interesting. So there's always like some combination of like forward, up, down you slots. Can, you that could would... weave nudes through the holes too. That's true. You can do all sorts. But it was designed for, you know, feathers and stomach UT specifically. Cause Scott was like, oh, I'm trying to oh, yeah, do these projects. Stacky on the, we call them stackies where if you order these, maybe pick up rubber feet. If you want yeah. To put it on the... And I recommend, um, I will say, uh, we have these uh, two, uh, M 2.5 nylon screw sets. So M 2.5 is 2.5 millimeters, which means it'll fit very nicely in the 0.1 inch holes and slots and they're nylon. So they're non-conductive. So these standoffs are a great pairing, uh, because you can use that to keep your boards off of the aluminum backing. Cause remember this aluminum backing is conductive, but it's also nice because you can cut it, you can bend it, you can, yeah. you know, file it very easily. Would not do that with FR4. Um, or you can also use it as a um, ground plane, if you so wish. Okay. So interesting design. Good work, uh, Jeff Learn Scott. The dual star of the show this week, besides you, lady, our team, our customers, our community is... The Ice Spy Cutie Pie, which is a great little rhyme. Um, so this is a board for Cutie Pie and Xiao, uh dev boards. It's a little um, BFF. It's a best friend that fits on the back. And we'll let you plug in almost all of our displays and e-inks now have uh, TFTs displays, e-ink displays, and others have an iSpy connector. And that lets you connect to them without doing a lot of wiring. So if you want to add an OLED display, you know, we have the STEMIQT port on the front. But if you want to add a color TFT or an e-ink, um, you would want to use one of these because you'll need the SPI port and you'll need DC and uh, chip select. And maybe you want to also do the memory select, SD card, backlight, you know, all the pins. So um, I've documented in the product guide what each pin goes to, but basically you can get I squared C and SPI through and then TFT chip select and data uh, command control on the RX and TX lines. And then um, the memory, um, chip select for e-ink displays if you need it, um, backlight control if you need it, interrupt uh, for touch screen if you need it, touch screen, chip select, and SD uh, chip select. So I can show on the overhead. I got a little demo. This is an RP2040 cutie pie. And then I've got the BFF on the back soldered in. And then you see I just plug in this cable very easily. Um, this is a slim style, but still you just uh, use one of these low-cost FPC cables and uh it slots right in and then latches down and then you can press the reset button and uh it's got spi and i, I picked this particular board because it's got a touch screen 
Um, so the touchscreen goes over I squared C. The IRQ pin is also going through here. So when I touch, it gets an interrupt and that knows to update the drawing. Um, and then it updates the TFT. So it uses almost all the capability of the uh, um, iSpy cable. Um, but, you know, no soldering required. Just, just plug in this cable and you're ready to go. So cool. almost all of our screens now have this cable connect um can make it very like easy the tiniest way to drive a screen yeah it's just Basically. like i just wanted to be it's like people were just struggling with like wiring and breadboards this way you can mount uh this in one place and have your driver chip elsewhere so that you know the the usb can be connected to um you can use a small screen or a large screen uh go to town we'll be doing of course more iSpy displays as well but I had to go through and revise them all which is something i've been doing for the last year that's new products <laughs> Okay, we're gonna do some top secret, just a reminder, code swirly. Um, let's answer one quick question because it's top of mind. Yeah. Uh, how easy or hard is it to solder to this? You wouldn't, you can't really solder to aluminum. You can like weld to it very poorly. Um, but if you were, um, if you had a, a steel uh, screw, it would probably connect, electrically connect to ah. the aluminum. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's do some uh, top secret. Okay. Okay, first up for top secret, we have this DVI thing. Then we're going to do some updates, uh, big update with some toy hacking. So All right, let's see go for it. Something. What is this? This is one of our TFP 401 based HDMI TFT backpacks. You got HDMI input here, converts here into a 24 bit TTL display. And when you connect to HDMI, there is this extra little EEPROM here. This is a 5 pin 24 LC04 or something. And this contains the EDID. That's the thing that allows whatever the computer is plugged into this monitor to know that this is an 800 by 480 um, uh, resolution display. And you have to have this EDID program. So normally what we do is we have like these pins here, you see, and then we connect to it with this Arduino shield. And I use this to burn the EDID in because the TFP 401 has nothing to do with it. It's, it's completely separately connected. Um, but this was really annoying because you'd have to like program this and then you'd have to test to make sure the EDID got programmed. So what we would do is you'd plug it into this uh, Latte Panda, which is a Windows 10 computer. Um, and then you can see the display is, is this is their five inch version of this backpack, wired up and you can see a nice 800 by 480 display. Now you're wondering, why don't you use a Raspberry Pi? Because Linux uh, caches EDIDs and so you can't use it to test EDID burning. Something that I learned uh, kind of by accident one day um, but now I've learned my lesson, so now I always use Windows because it always gets the EDID fresh. But I want to make it even easier and better. So now I've got my RP2040 Feather with DVI output, and it's got that DVI connection here. So instead of using this kind of fragile uh, Windows computer and a separate board, I have one design. You plug it in, and you can get to the I2C over HDMI. So I press the button, and it will... Uh, connect to the display, find the EEPROM, program it, verify it, and then display a nice colorful fish tank so you know that display is working. So all-in-one EDID burning and uh, testing. So I'm making stuff easier to make here at the Adafruit Shop. My little hacker, my little hacker, building with you is magical. My little hacker, my little hacker, it's time to build and show. Okay.
My little heart back. back. First, let's do the little video from Jepler. This is some bear stuff, and then we're going to go into the update for the uh, Baby Einstein. Um, Take along. Take along. Okay, bear it away. Hi, Jepler here. Did you know my high school nickname was Big Bear? Well, that's embarrassing. But this video is to show off the advances we've had with converting audio files and creating mouth movements for Teddy Ruxpin. Bye. All right, so that is the update on if you want to do some puppetry, make your own like Chuck E. Cheese animatronics, pull the fur off of it, make your own little device, use ChatGPT, generate text, then do text. Write your own story. Write your own story. Whatever you want to do, it's now possible the bears are on eBay for like 20 bucks, even less to shipping. And then our big update is Baby okay. Einstein. Take along. Music tunes. Like part four in this series. Yeah. Okay. So we said we're going to put a circuit board inside of it so you can have your own music and sound. Oh, yeah. Beep, beep. Um, okay, so um, the Einstein Take Along Tunes is, it's actually like I looked, it's like one of the top toys uh, for sale on like Amazon. This is default issue if you have a kid. It's pretty default so, yeah. issue. So um, normally it uh, looks like this and it's got these like beads, so I don't know, you can play with it. Um, there's a one uh, switch that can go from high volume to low volume. I don't think this is going to come through because it has noise canceling, but yeah. it plays like little music tunes. Um, and it plays like kind of like you know your generic uh classical music um william tell overture type stuff i mean it sounds really good the audio quality is really good um but the audio cannot be changed and like the first thing when we got this um when uh baby ada was three months was like oh my god i gotta like put my own tunes on it i can't believe it you know you can't customize it um the case is really nice it's got like this battery pack this switch um, it's like really rugged. She also has songs she likes now. So we wanted to yeah. be able to take those with us for a very single serving device. Yeah. So we have the board. Okay. Right. So um, what we did in previous, um, uh, yeah, on, on previous versions of uh, My Little Hackers, we took um, this apart and opened it. And this was um, the board inside. So not surprisingly, uh, there's an epoxy blob. Um, there is a, uh, there's, you know, a couple LEDs, there's like three LEDs, one red, one green, one blue, uh, kind of lame. Uh, so you can see the LEDs here, here, and here. I'm actually kind of surprised that these are true LEDs and not just like wire bonded on. Uh, I'll go only a couple components and then, you know, there's the, the switch, um, which we have to recycle and like maybe like a switch cap converter here and, um, an elastomer button here. So, um, we took this out, we scanned it um and um retraced it out and then we decided okay let's let's try using an esp32 s2 and we like soldered one in and, and got it playing to the speaker and verified it can run off the battery um so the next step was we were going to design um a new pcb so um i think like two weeks ago i showed off the design for the new pcb it's um here it is well, actually i'll show it here this is what it looks like so um, I designed a new circuit board, which is the same overlay. Actually, it didn't, didn't come out too bad. It has the same holes and cutouts. And then the elastomer is in the same location. It was great with a scan because I just traced it over. Has an ESP32 S2, a micro SD card so you can store songs on it, USB-C for loading uh, data on and also programming it. 
stem QT in case you want to like add some sensors or something. Um, boost converter, so it can run off of these are the, the two battery connection tabs. So uh, when you open it, um, these tabs over here get soldered directly to the circuit board and then it'll get boosted through to five, sorry, to 3.3 volts um here that can then drive this uh esp32 s2 which means you can the reason i went with wi-fi so you can wirelessly program it because once it's in the case it's really hard to get to like you don't want to keep opening it every time you want to change songs or change the code um so you can use our wi-fi workflow to wirelessly program it and of course neopixels so we've got five neopixels almost twice as many leds and they're rgb so you can have way more colors um and then this is the replacement hold on I, I snapped this on I can remove it so this is the replacement um and it just snaps in I didn't put in the screws uh but you don't actually need the screws and then uh the last more here so I'm still working on the battery booster there's something not quite right with the changeover I think one of my resistors is the wrong value or maybe I didn't yeah. uh check it right but we're the... gonna have this for sale in the store by the way <laughs> yeah yeah this is gonna be this is a product we want to make a bunch of circuit board designs so people who want to get into product development, people who want to make one of these for someone they know. Yeah. But also just to give you an idea of the types of things that you can do with existing enclosures. As yeah. Well. So it's soldered into the battery tabs here. Um, again, the booster's not quite working, but it does work over you. But you know, that's part of the innovation process. I only got yeah. one. I got one way of going. So. So we have a light pattern, which you know, is, of course going to be way better than the default toy thing yeah we also have so you saw it's running a song that we put on there too it's uh running circuit python because you can see the activity light so i wish quickly uh then powered baby toys that's right then Hal halbert quickly did a board definition for me so all of this stuff is working um plugged in sd card and what's really nice is um you know it's ironic i actually used chat gpt to be like hey can you write the code for me and it wasn't completely right but it like i could copy and paste the lines so i didn't have to you know write all the code from scratch it was actually my code i just didn't know where it's on the learning system, one of the yeah. 4,000 guides. Um, so just to show like here uh, with the top on, and then, you know, this is the RGB LEDs yeah. lighting up. So you notice that the it's original PCB didn't come out to music. the left. Yeah, this is running, this is the, um, it's, what's it called? It's a chicken. Beats or something? No, it's like the chicken dance. I think it's JP song or yeah. song, somebody, I don't know who wrote it. And then um, the second sound is, is stored on um, the SD card. So I'll, I'll play it again and then I'll hold it up. Wait. We do have noise canceling going on. I don't know if it's coming through. So it might be Um, so right now the the button, I know the overhead. So the button does um play pause. You know, there's only one button, so it does play pause. It's also used for bootloader mode. And of course, I'll uh you know you can see the, the LEDs. So the LEDs can actually do some cool stuff. I might have them do like an FFT reaction so they react to the music. Um so the good news is that, um, you know, a lot of the hardware works, you know, I can upload the I2S amplifier and this is using the built-in speaker, which is not too bad. Um, the I2S amplifier works and the SD card works and the ESP32 works and the NeoPixels work. Uh, and then this is a reset button, but um, I still have a little bit and the last one is good. So I just have to figure out this um, boost converter, probably do another board spin and then I'll probably be done. But so far 
um, it's working really nicely. And uh, I like it fit it fit just right into the all the slots and dots. Yeah. And then uh, just, you know, uh, these everyone they're everywhere. They're low cost. Um, and, uh, you know, you can hack and mod them. You can make it so you have your own single serving music player, too. Yeah. Um, so we thought that was a neat idea for people to learn how to do all this stuff. How do you learn to be a toy designer? Um, this is a way. How yeah. do you learn to make all this type of stuff and have your electronics fit into enclosures? So, anyways, so, so interesting stuff. So, yeah, we'll be. Yeah. <laughs> that is this week's top secret. Okay, don't forget the code is swirly. Um, we had we answered some questions during the show, but go ahead and line up any you got. Um, we answered the question about the product. How would you? Sorry to have people had some really good suggestions in there. By the way, yeah. Um, if you want to, um, you know, use bold. There's a couple of links were posted in there. Um, you can sort for that. Um, there was a question in one of the other chats. Uh, and luckily i had a handy link from a previous show is uh are we gonna move the keycad we have a link for that yeah so yeah to go watch the link yeah we're gonna do that what's interesting is one example of one of the benefits of uh, doing more stuff with keycad is the generative stuff from the product this week that is kind of cool it's like yeah, you know, he's you like can, oh i can make any size and any yeah. quantity and he's like five by ten and he, do, 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 yeah and you can programmatically put the numbers uh on there and it does a bunch of alignment so um we'll yeah, see it's neat this is pretty neat i mean ulps illegal cat can do it too but anyways yeah um okay i think we got to the questions during the show so i think yeah. we might i think we might be out here I just oh, I just double check um, scroll. Uh, I don't know this reference to. That's it. Sound. Okay. Yeah, that is. Oh, it is is a JP uh, creation street chicken. Yeah, street chicken. A classic. Street chicken. Um. That's our show tonight, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, special thanks to Zay behind the scenes and Slack helping us out. And uh, thanks to all y'all who support open source. It got us here. Don't just discard it. I'm going to open source this toy thing. We're opening. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I like is the two companies that are doing the most certified open source hardware is Adafruit and SparkFun. And we're just going to probably keep doing it. Um, and you can go to the Austria certification site and there's thousands there and I'm glad we put it there because it's a signal of our commitment to uh, sharing the information to uplift everyone. Um, it was, uh, we're all here because of someone else and something else. So we're going to keep at it. Thank you so much. Don't forget the code is swirly. We'll see everybody next week. Here is your moment of Zener. This was an Adafruit production. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night.